Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics, a podcast dedicated to exploring how things get places and the people who get them there. We'll talk with logistics and supply chain leaders about innovation, industry trends, and the future of the logistics business. Now, here's your host, Joe Lynch. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. My name is Joe Lynch, and today's topic is fulfillment success with my friend Steve Shabusky. How's it going, Steve? Going well. Thanks for having me, Joe. Looking forward to the conversation today. Thanks for uh, the connection here. Yes, excellent, excellent. So, Steve, please introduce yourself and your company. Will do, yeah. So, uh, my name is Steve Shabusky. I'm with uh, Blue Horseshoe, part of Accenture now. So, I'm the vice president of our our solution engineering group, so essentially help uh, our customers align to uh, you know new technologies and help help them with their uh, digital transformations. Very nice, very nice. And for people who are very basic like myself, I always think of is Blue Horseshoe a WMS? Is that the at the at the heart of it? Yeah, I mean, you know, we we service lots of different types of applications from ERPs to WMS to actual. A warehouse automation equipment. So essentially all sorts of business applications and technologies that help companies be successful in supply chain, essentially. Yeah. I always think that, uh, you know, we used to have these, I'll call point solutions, the silos, right? Where I got a TMS or I got a WMS or I've got an ERP. And now I think we want end to end. We don't want siloed point systems that and they were great. It seemed like the greatest thing in the world when we first got these technologies. And then we realized the siloed nature of it. So I imagine you, like with Blue Horseshoe, or say, we're end to end, right? Yeah, I think it's, you know, the, the beauty of, you know, where technology's gone with, you know, the, you know, the cloud and, and being able to create connectivities is that, you know, you can still these days have some of those different types of best of breed applications, but really create a, you know, an, an enterprise technology infrastructure where those things are sharing information and they land together so that you can tell the full so- story of your supply chain. So, so ultimately, uh, you know, that's the beauty of, of, of things these days where you can still have some of those best of breed applications like we did in the back in the day, but we can really connect them with each other. And so that's a really key part to your point of, of, get, of getting rid of those silos. So certainly a, an important piece. Yeah. Before we get into the topic today, this is this this tells me how quickly things have moved. When I used to run a little third party logistics company, I was the GM COO. Yeah. Titles come easy at small companies. <laughs> <laughs> you work at a big company, you got a good title. But we had customers who would always say, Can your TMS take our information directly from our ERP? And I was like, Oh yeah, we can uh, we can integrate that. And everyone talked about it. And I remember we talked to our 3PL TMS provider and they would say, oh yeah, we can do that. We can, you know, it costs a couple grand, but we can do that. Not one customer did it. (laughs) We talked about it. It was, and now that would just seemingly be impossible. You'd be like, what are you crazy? Of course you're going to connect it. So come a long way. Steve, before we get into the topic today, tell us a little bit about you. Where'd you grow up? Where'd you go to school? What kind of kid were you? (laughs) <laughs> well, yeah, I was. I grew up in Bloomington, Minnesota. So you know, that's balmy, right? balmy B- Bloomington, right? <laughs> balmy Bloomington, Minnesota. It's like you. Uh, I guess the the landmark there now is the Mall of America or the the Minneapolis Airport. So, but but back in the day, you know, that's that's where I grew up. And re- and really, for me, it was about into sports. Tried to play hockey like everyone else, but that wasn't uh, in my 
in my cards. They let me know pretty early that wasn't going to be <laughs> a good direction. You got lots of ice up there. <laughs> like I'm in Michigan. We have to play hockey. We have no yeah, choice. Everyone has to play, and then they weed you out pretty early, right? So, <laughs> so and ended up, you know, playing playing a lot of soccer. But you know, that's something I really like to do. And then ultimately. Um, Ended up going to, to Michigan State, studied chemical engineering, actually ended up playing soccer at Michigan State too, which was... Whoa, that's pretty good. Pretty cool opportunity. So, you know, I'm, uh, so yeah, so I ended up in your state, Joe, in, in Michigan. I'm a, I'm a Spartan, big time Spartan. So studied, studied chemical engineering there. And then uh, from there, you know, at the end, I got done with my uh, engineering degree, started at, at 3M for a minute back in Minneapolis and so they put me in a in a lab you got a chemi- chemical engineering degree right I do yep yeah and now I'm just th- I'll just say this before we get going further when you're a scholarship athlete at a big 10 school I know that that is like a job yeah <laughs> and I would imagine there's very few kids who study engineering while in while in a scholarship sport I mean that's tough. Yeah, it's pretty tough. I, I think you'd be surprised in terms of how many kids are actually doing that. We had we had quite a few. I think you know one of the thing one of the beauties of of sports and academics is like the I think the sports sort of schedule, meaning like get up and practice early and really organizing yourself. You know, certainly helped a lot and helped me from getting into too much trouble. I suppose. I, that, yeah, <laughs> there's lots of trouble to be had in Michigan. Yeah, Michigan that's State. true. That's a fun can, place to be. You can go left or you can go right pretty easily. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, sure. I would I would also say I remember an athlete talking about, and they had a very poor season. I saw this this athlete talking about. He said, you know, he says if there's people look at us and they see us lose on the field and they think that's all of it. He goes, we are the best time management people you will ever meet (laughs) and I always think that I've I've run across a lot of athletes in my travels uh, for work always very successful in their business yeah I agree and it's you know just something that you know really helped me you know just organize myself and you know just it was a it was a good good part of my uh, my education at Michigan State for sure so so then you started you got down at MSU reluctantly left campus and then uh, went to 3M and was that that was your first gig how did you end up getting over here to the logistics biz well I was gonna say yeah we were I was kind of ended up in this lab and that my first gig was uh, testing billboard material essentially like film that they put on billboards. And I literally like was hosed it down and put it in different all these different things and took data probably like three months by myself and organized it all and then you know went and presented it for like 35 minutes and I patted me on the back and then handed me another three month project to go collect data again and I it was the dot com boom and there was <laughs> lots of lots of more exciting opportunities and more exciting than film. But then, <laughs> on um, billboards? So, so I jumped to uh, a consulting firm that had the opportunity to write software around WMS called the Summit Group. And, you know, that's kind of where things took off from there. So Very nice. So, so that that was how long ago? Uh, that would have been, what's see, uh, 1999. So whatever that is. So you were in kind of, I know that we had systems, WMS, but that's pretty early to be in that space. Yeah, we were. I was programming uh, RPG uh, on the AS400 and cranking out, you know, helping helping that 
that company build a, a WMS. And it was pretty cool. We ended up selling that to Manhattan Associates. We were one of the first companies that also built a WMS for Windows, which we called it back in the day on the Microsoft, which ultimately is, is you know, Manhattan's scale product right now. So that kind of, let's, you know, I ended up at Manhattan for a few years. And then the folks that I was at the Summit Group started Blue Horseshoe. And so, like I was telling you earlier, it got the band back together. So all right, jumped back to Blue Horseshoe and been been here working with, with this group here ever ever since. So, And you guys are based where? Based out of Carmel, Indiana. So it's just a, a suburb just north of Indianapolis uh, here in Indiana. God, there's a lot of tech in Indianapolis. And I yeah. don't think people ever pay attention to that. And we have, I always say this on my podcast, we all know Silicon Valley does tech. We lately now hear all the time, Austin does a lot of tech. Tel Aviv might be bigger than Silicon Valley at this point. I mean, they're booming, right? Boston has always done technology. Um, I'm in Detroit area. We do a different kind of tech, but we have a lot of tech here. Ann Arbor. But Indianapolis has got to be one of those big hubs. Same with Pittsburgh that people don't think of. They think of it as a sleepy little Rust Belt state, and it is anything but these days. Yeah, lots of opportunity here. Obviously, you know, nice cost of living. Obviously, right in the middle of the the U.S., lots of lots of warehouse and goods kind of travel through here. A lot of logistics firms, so you know that spawns other other types of businesses. So yeah, it's been you know it's been it's been cool to be here in this city and just and watch it watch it grow over the last ten or fifteen years. Yep, and I think if you picked one location, and this was in the olden days when somebody said you have to pick one location for your warehouse near Indianapolis, somewhere between Indianapolis and Chicago, I think is. One day transit from what sixty five percent of the population or something like that. That's right. I think what are they? I think what is it like Omaha or something's like right dead in the middle of the U S. or something like that. And then, but you got to be on a got to be on the road. So yeah, it's pretty pretty close. I would guess Indianapolis. So anyway, now we covered a little bit about you. So we want to talk about fulfillment success. And when we were talking offline, I know Blue Horseshoe does all sorts of technology. I know you do WMS and. Fulfillment is kind of one part of warehousing, but it seems like it's grown so much in importance because everything that goes through e-commerce goes through fulfillment. And I know we didn't used to call the shipments to retailers. Do we, do we call that fulfillment these days or is that just retail? I don't even know. I mean, I think fulfillment's a good generic term for all that. I mean, it's just, you know. Somebody orders it and you move it. Right. <laughs> you fulfilled it. Moving good, yep. So we talked about when we were prepping for this, what it takes to be successful in fulfillment. And you came up with five things, and I, I think you could probably come up with 20 more, but <laughs> we, we don't have all day. So to be successful in fulfillment, that means that that's gotten a lot harder. It used to be kind of a low-tech business. 10, 15, 20 years ago, it was not uncommon for these companies not to have any sort of technology at all. And now the best ones are very high tech and the fulfillment guys look like cyborgs. <laughs> so, right. so let's talk about what it takes. What's the first thing that you need to do to be successful in the fulfillment biz? Yeah. So I think, you know, the, the first thing I, I would say, Joe, is, you know, when you look at, you know, all the, all the partners that you have to work with and collaborate with to be successful in any, in any sort of business of moving goods, whether you're a CPG company or a logistics service company or whoever you are is really 
uh, connectivity with your partners, right? So a platform of, of connectivity and sharing information and collaborating. So whether it's a customer, uh, you know, that wants to, to send you orders and want to understand uh, the status of those orders, if it's a, a supplier or a vendor that you're trying to order from and, and you know, where are my goods on, on the water or inbound or whatever that is, or uh, or it's your carrier, your right. logistics network, you know, that that you're scheduling to pick up goods. So being able to to easily connect with all those partners, share information, and then when there's you know things that pop up that are exceptions to that, and then be able to collaborate, adjust, you know, quickly and easily to 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 whatever comes up as as obstacles. So those are that's I think really key to be successful at number one. So I have customers, and let's just say they're let's just say I have some. I'm a, I own a warehouse, and I have customers. And you work, I know, with both the CPGs and with 3PLs. So, but let's just say right now I have a warehouse and I say I'm using Blue Horseshoe. I'm going to be able to connect to all my, let's just say I have some e-commerce customers, right? And then I have customers who say I need to ship not only to retail locations, I also need to ship to homes. And then I sometimes ship to distributors. I got to be able to connect to them so I can get those orders. And those orders have to go out like today. If it's in by two or three, I got to ship out today, right? I mean, that's I mean, that's the deal, right, Joe? I mean, you like we've all been trained now, you know, through, over the last couple of years, Amazon, Walmart, all these folks that, you know, bar is high. Bar is high, right? So I got, you know, order today, I, you know, if it's not here by tomorrow, then I'm I'm kind of, you know, I'm, I'm wondering where what's going on. So certainly uh, that's that's the expectation, right? So we got to I'll try to design. So that. I can easily connect to all of my customers. And that's, you guys have what, like, is that an API that connects? How's that work? Yeah, I think, you know, like, and that's like one of the interesting technology pieces here is like traditionally, um, you know, way back in the day, it was, you know, share it through email and things. And that's, you know, right. A, that still happens in a lot of businesses. Oh, yeah. I mean, facts, the facts is still a thing. <laughs> the, you, you'd be surprised, right? And so the, those are, you know, but then it's like, you know, the, you know, even even then, you know, APIs or EDI, those are, you know, that's all point to point, you know, even in technology today, like creating an integration hub where you have consistent, you know, APIs that anyone can plug into, uh, that really facilitates your ability to add customers quickly, grow quickly and scale. So when you think about, your, you know, your connectivity and integration platform, it's not necessarily, you know, working out an integration with a single partner as as point to point, it's more creating sort of that ability to, to connect to anyone and, and give yourself the ability to scale quickly and, uh, and grow. So that's, you know, there's, that's kind of the strategy these days is to, to be able to, to, to create that platform. And then obviously, not only just share information, but then kick out the exceptions to collaborate, right, and, and have folks, the smart folks you hire on both sides, to handle those exceptions, be able to see them and then and then connect and solve. So that's that's key. And obviously you're connecting to transportation companies to help you out too, and maybe even the retail locations. So it's basically you become that connection hub. And that's you know, again, I've I interviewed some people on warehousing and there was a guy, my friend Chana, who went he's a tech guy, but he went and worked at six warehouses in three months. And he said you'd be shocked at how much work gets done in Excel. Yep. And he says, even when they have a system, people are not using the system sometimes. So that's why I think we'll get to more of this in the in a minute. But I think this is why having like a, a tech partner is so important. 
I think, you know, the, the, the Excel is like not an, an, a, a terrible application, right? Like a lot of folks are comfortable in, in using it. The key is that the data that's in there, you know, is it live? Is it, you know, because folks that, that download information to Excel and then it's living there for days and weeks, then, then that's a huge problem. But if I'm using Excel to organize information that's from a live source, then that's, that's a different situation. Right. It's the, the visualization tool. So, you know, there's still, there's still applications for Excel, but you gotta, you know, the key is to have a platform of con connectivity and, and really the data that you're working with it being real right, uh, and up to date, right? So yeah, the nature of it, you know, I, I love what you just said there. I can download, I've downloaded something to Excel. I can visualize it, maybe and take it to a meeting, but if it stayed there, if it lived there, that that's where the agreement was, that sucks because because it's on my it's on my computer but not on yours right exactly. and I say we're all collaborating around that information yeah it's on your computer dude it needs <laughs> to be the system right exactly so what's the second thing we need to do first we're going to connect everybody seamlessly easily now, it doesn't take two weeks to put somebody on it happens now what's the second thing we need to do the second thing for us you know that we we always talk about is really. You know, when you talk about your fulfillment facilities and things of that nature is really kind of understanding the order profiles, the SKU profiles of what uh, the goods you're going to store and then, you know, the, what the orders look like that you're going to fulfill. So not only, you know, so know your customer. What's an order profile? So an order profile is like, you know, you know, is it, am I ordering onesie, twosie SKUs, like a B, like a B2C e-commerce type of thing where I'm buying one unit? Uh, or my, my order, or with my order profile that I'm shipping, uh, you know, ten pallets to to Walmart, right? So, you know, understanding those types of things, and then like the SKU proliferation. So, am I trying to manage, you know, fifty thousand SKUs, or am I managing, you know, managing one hundred and fifty? Those those types of things are really critical to understand of, you know, what you do now, but what you, you know, what your objectives are, because then you'd want to really design your facility, you know, the 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 racking the you know conveyor system the layouts all those types of things around what you know what you know those types of objectives and if you wanted to be flexible and nimble then being able to to make sure you consider that in your design so it's really data driven decisions around you know your facility setup and design would be you know a, a really critical part you know of of really getting started on on being successful in fulfillment you know, I was in a warehouse just before COVID. It feels like every time I talk about being anywhere, I always say just before COVID, I went down to Ohio and I met with the owner of a, a large warehousing business. And he said, in the morning, we're going to spend at the location where we have our smaller customers. And it was, they had rollers and racks. They had, it was very professional, really, really professional. And I thought, this is pretty slick. He goes, well, wait till you see this afternoon. The next day we went over where he had, you know, major well-known CPG customers. And that looked like what you've, I've seen the videos of the Amazon with all these conveyors. And it was, it was meant for really a lot of automation and a lot of speed. And it was, it doesn't make sense if I've got the onesie twosie, if I'm shipping 25 orders a day, I don't need a huge conveyor system. I don't need a ton of automation. I don't need that kind of investment. When I get to that 500 a day, or maybe it's you say, that's when I need to start spending. So that's what you mean by this understanding the kind of customers you have. Is it pallets? Is it onesie twosie? Is it e-commerce? Is it retail? 
or both. Probably a lot of your <laughs> a lot of people are telling you it's everything now, right, Steve? Yep, and 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 that and that can be the case. You just have to like make sure you're you know designing capacity and volumes and and just really kind of laying things out to help facilitate your objectives on that side of the fence. Very nice. So, number one, you told us is you need that seamless platform. Number two, you really need to understand your customers, the order profile, you know, the the volumes, so you can set up your 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 facility. What's the third thing I need to do? I think you know the the third thing is really now that I kind of understand our strategy around the fulfillment in terms of the the the, the buildings, the our customers, the orders are going to look like what you know what types of SKUs we're going to you know, be storing is really, you know, look at the business application. So essentially your warehouse management, your transportation management type systems to help really, you know, you know, configure those systems to help facilitate that vision, right? So whether it's, you know, e and, and obviously uh, facilitate efficiencies in, in that vision. So whether if you're on the e-commerce side and trying to, you know, pick, you know, onesie, twosie orders, you know, being able to facilitate group picking, cart picking, zone picking, those types of strategies, you know, you want to be able to have the... When, could you explain those for those of us who are laymen? What are those three three different ways? Yeah. So, you know, instead of, for instance, you know, you get, if you think about if I had 10 orders from folks like you and me of, of one of widget A, one way to do it would be go to pick order one, pick one, pick order two, Pick, you know, pick one, you know, in, in, in today's world, what you want to really do is try to, hey, take all 10 of those orders, maybe put them on a cart and go batch pick 10, put each one in a different box, drop it off a, at a packing station, put your dunnage in, print a label and throw them on a UPS truck, right? So really trying to like, you know, optimize your trips through the warehouse, through the warehouse. That's what it's all about, right? All right. Yep. And so, and if your order profile, the zone picking comes into play where it's like, hey, if your if your order profiles has, you know, multiple SKUs, maybe maybe it's not just one unit, it's a few units, you know, being able to pick those in one zone, put it on a conveyor and then drop into the next zone where you got folks and then pick the other unit and then it flows to where, you know, a packing station at that point. So, you know, there's, you know, there's different flows and things depending on, again, the size, the order profile, the number of SKUs you plan to to hold and as you grow to, to really facilitate and your business applications need to be able to support those types of efficiencies that you know uh, and be able to to help you know organize your labor to to be able to execute yeah and i think we we talked about this when we we're prepping is the importance of making sure you're efficient and effective in that with your labor we don't want these people it's a tough job you're on your feet all day and this is increasingly a problem is finding good people to work in those facilities. And if if I'm making them walk 10 miles a day rather than getting it down to two, three, five, ten, 10, you know, six miles, I'm, I'm going to lose people. And, you know, you lose trust. Right. I mean, they know like they know where they, they know that the, where stuff is over time and the folks that are are doing the job. And so it's, uh, you know, you want to make sure that you're. You know, you're making you're you're making everyone's job as as efficient and seamless as possible, and and make it and make it a one that's intuitive. The 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 types of applications right. in front of them, and and the types of devices and all those types of things is 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 really important. Yep. So the business applications, it might be a WMS. You said it might be a TMS. Now, does Blue Horseshoe have like a suite of stuff? 
Yeah, I mean, we, we have our own IP around transportation and, and connectivity with partners. We also, you know, help companies implement larger software packages like the Manhattans and the Corbers of the world and, and those types of things, Blue Yonders, uh, to, to help facilitate. So we, you know, we're, we really focus on, you know, understanding the business, understanding the strategies here, and then we have folks uh, inside of Blue Horseshoe that know all these various applications and can help companies implement the one that's the right fit for them. Right. So you can work with, you work well with others. <laughs> so that's key for us. That's for sure. <laughs> it's well, again, I come from automotive. When I was in automotive, we thought from order to cash, how far, how, how long is the time from the time I get the order to time I get cash? And then I want to compress that time. That is lean. That is lean. That is all lean is, is saying it takes 16 weeks from order to cash. I want to get it to 14, to 13, to 10, because that's how you make money. You get your money back faster. So we've talked about connectivity, so we can have that seamless platform. We've talked about really understanding your customer and their profile. What are they shipping and how? what's the volume? What's it look like? The SKUs, business applications. I need the right tools. What's the next thing? What's number four? I think, you know, and, and you already kind of mentioned it, obviously, you know, COVID and the, the last couple of years has, has amplified this, but obviously, you know, there's the dependency on labor is, is, is tough for a lot of companies right now. And so one of the ways to sort of to mitigate some of that is through automation, right? So, you know, th start thinking about hardware, you know, devices, you know, whether it's scanning devices, vo voice systems, and then automation, so you know, robotics, conveyor systems, all those types of things. You know, um, you know, baggers if you're, you know, shipping clothes, whatever it is. You know, those types of things to to not only create efficiencies, obviously, with those types of, of automations, but obviously then I'll also you know, you know change the the labor profiles that are that are required to to execute. Right. So I'm going to give you very basic because that's what I am is if I'm scanning, let's just say I have to scan something. So I go over to a bin and I take I take that sweater out and I scan it and I put it either, you know, maybe on a cart or whatever, I'm, however I'm getting it to the packing station. So I've scanned that sweater. It's either the bin or the sweater itself or maybe both. And then I, I take it to the scanning station. Do they scan it again? Yeah, I mean, those, and those are business decisions that folks have to make to say, you know, how much, how many, you know, what am I willing to invest in terms of labor and the number of times I'm touching goods and the number of times I scan goods to try to achieve what, you know, folks call that perfect order, right? So that we're, we're checking and QAing ourselves. And so, you know, do I, do I do that on the inbound side where I'm, you know, I'm actually putting those things into the bin you, you talked about to make sure it got to the right place when I'm picking it, do I, you know, what do I validate there? And then when I get to maybe a packing station, do I, do I check it again? So, you know, and, and it's, and it's going back to the business applications, it's, it's important to be able to easily kind of change those things over time, right? So as you achieve different levels of, of success in terms right. of the, that, to be able to, to play with those, those types of uh, those knobs to, you know, potentially reduce some of your steps, but obviously always trying to, to create, you know, that sort of customer service piece of thing. So some some companies might decide, I want when you take that out of the bin, I want you to scan the bin, I want you to scan the sweater, and then I want when I hand it to the packer, I want them to scan it one more time. 
another company might decide, ah, no, we're not, that's not necessary. For, we, we don't need that, those three steps. Just scan the bin, take the sweater out, walk it over, and that's, that's good enough. And I, the reason I ask is because returns are a huge part of this business, and it's, it's really difficult. And, uh, you know, we've all received stuff that we didn't want. Right. <laughs> and sometimes I think people are also scamming, right? Say, I didn't get the five pencils I wanted, I only got four, and you're like, how do I, what am I, I don't want to call my customer a liar, right? I had a friend uh, took me through his warehouse and he said, Joe, he says, you know what we do here? He says, we take things, we receive big boxes of stuff. We take it out of that box, put it on shelves, and then we take it off those shelves, put it in little boxes and ship it. He goes, so basically we take things out of big boxes, put them in little boxes and ship them. I was like, it's a little more complicated than that, but it's the devil's in the details in this biz. So I really do need the right hardware. And that's the scanners. I mean, the, so I've seen scanning technology that's on the back of, like a glove that's on the back of your hand. So your hands are free. Yeah. I've seen other people are using mobile phones, not your own. You wouldn't bring your home mobile phone. I've seen others with just scanning technology. There's probably a lot more than that, aren't there? Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things, and, and that's part of what we do here is just, you know, we have some really nice relationships with folks like Zebra and Honeywell, and, and it's really key to understand form and function of what different tasks are, you know, folks are doing, and, and then have the right device for the, or scanner for the job, right? And so, you know, and then you got to weigh, you know, the, the, the cost of those devices, the longevity and those types of things. And so there's, there's so much stuff available now. And it's really, you know, having, having somebody help you kind of boil that down. And then obviously right. going, going back to the, the original design of things, it's like, hey, you know, you're going to have different requirements you know, you know, folks putting things away will have different requirements than those that are picking them than than folks that are that are counting. And I mean, all those are are different form and functions. So, yeah, there's there's tons of, of technology out there from voice technology to risk scanners. How does the voice work? Yeah, I mean, voice voice has come a long way, you know, back, you know, not even just too long ago, you had to have kind of big old server. And then, you know, the it was it was really kind of hard to get you know, access to voice because the cost was high. So you really had to have something like 40, 50, 60 pickers in a onesie, twosie area to even make it worthwhile. These days, how does it work? Where's the voice coming from? The cloud technology. I mean, so these, these folks are wearing headsets and really your WMS systems, like we talked about earlier, are, are sending the information to to those devices and, the, and it's translating it into, you know, human human you know vocabulary language say, right language to say go you know go pick from this location and they have you know be able to verify with you know whether it's check digits or the last digit, digit, <laughs> last digits of a carton number all that kind of stuff right right in your ear and your hands are free and so it certainly can create a ton of efficiency as well as you know safety and you know the longevity of your workers um you know in terms of on that side of the fence so yeah, and I think what's interesting now, and I've just, I didn't ask this when we're prepping, but I think I already know the answer. If there's a new technology that comes out for scanning, you guys will accommodate it. You say, yeah, we work with them. That's not a problem. So regardless of what I want to scan with, whether it's a mobile phone or I want to type it in or whatever new high-tech gizmo they come up with, you guys say, yeah, we got that. 
I mean, Joe, the, the rate of innovation right now is just in the last five years, it's just incredible. You know, it's so, yeah, I mean, it's it's super important. That's why folks partner with us is that our, our job is to stay on top of those types of things. RFID has been a thing that's been around for a really long time. Recently, it's become, you know, more accessible because, you know, you've, it's, you know, cheaper. Cloud, yeah, no, it's, it, you know, it's, you don't have to have the, the, the infrastructure, the cloud enables it to be a little bit, you know, more accessible to folks. And so it's, it's kind of a, it's becoming a, a thing that folks are, are actually starting to leverage, uh, which, you know, didn't happen when we thought it would, but um, it, it's the thing that's, that's here. There's, so there's so much stuff, Bluetooth technology, all that low energy stuff, you know, like, you know, monitoring temperatures. If you have a cooler, if you're a, a 3PL, all that kind of stuff's becoming important. Right. So uh, I mean, it's, I'm going to give you my definition of RFID, which is going to be very basic again, yeah. is that's radio frequency identification, right? And and the way that works is I could walk through a scanner and it would say that is part number or yep. SKU number, blank, blank, blank. It would recognize it. So theoretically, I could fill my cart at a grocery store and walk through and it would scan every last one of those RFIDs and say, Joe, that's $120 worth of stuff. Yep, absolutely. That's it. And the same thing obviously can be done in your facilities. So we're seeing RFID used in these facilities. I didn't realize that. Because it was always kind of expensive, wasn't it? It was. I mean, you, in, you're from automotive. We're seeing, we're seeing a, like, you know, manufacturers are putting those types of tags and things like tires and, and different things. And so anybody then from there on out in the supply chain can really leverage those tags to help facilitate those types of movements. So just, uh, you know, an amazing thing. So the, the blocker's always sort of getting the, the goods tagged, right? And so depending on, you know, what kind of value you can ascertain from that throughout the supply chain, there's just, we're just seeing more and more of it. And then now that the readers can just, that are, you know, they can communicate with the cloud versus a bunch of infrastructure that everybody would have to have, you know, just becoming more and more accessible. That's crazy. And, you know, we talked also about, you know, this this hardware and automation, which is scanning the RFID. One of the things also that makes this, we have to make this job a better job. We know we're going to, e-commerce isn't going away, but I can tell you this from my automotive experience that, for a long time, they didn't worry about the assembly lines. They just said, hey, make these cars. This is the way we designed them. But we didn't make it easy for the operator to put that. There were some blind operations. There was some heavy lifting required. That was at 50 years of that. And then right now, if you go to an automotive facility, you'll notice that people working on the assembly line, they're working hard, no doubt about that. But there's, for the most part, no jobs that's going to make you injured. There's a lot of jobs in those facilities where it's... You're not sweating. You're not getting hurt. You're not getting worn out. That isn't something you can ask somebody to do day in, day out for very long before they're out. I mean, you get to be my age. I can't do it. <laughs> I can't do it. You can't say, well, this is a job for strong 25-year-old men. This has to be a job that is survivable and, and, and a job that somebody actually wants. And I think part of that is using some this automation and tech to make it easier I think it's another part is making it so it's an interesting job that's part of the supply chain. No, I, I mean I love that, Joe. I like you know I think about my kids. I have a I have a ten and a twelve year old, and whenever they're you, they bring up an app and that is made for like anyone, they can run anything, 
right? Right. Not be right. Ever seen, I've never seen my children not be able to, I mean, <laughs> a, new, a new app, not be able to do it. And so there's an expectation of, of those types of applications that they're intuitive and easy to use. And that's really making its way over into to business now. And so it's really important that, that, you know, that all the application companies are being have been challenged and are, are really starting to come through to make, to make the, the warehouse management systems, the business applications, those types of things intuitive as well. So that as you come into a job, you know, there's, it, it makes sense what you're being asked to do and, 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 and how you do it is, is something that, you know, is kind of innate, right? So. Right. When we were prepping your buddy, Mike mentioned that it, that tech made it, had to make it easy to onboard people. You know, you don't want that too, you don't want that, oh, the, the on-the-job training. Just, Steve just brought Joe on, and now he's going to train him for the next month. And while learning, I'm screwing things up all day. Can't have that. I mean, this business is too demanding. Especially with, uh, you know, if you're, you were talking about an e-commerce business in October, November, December, and you're going to bring in a hundred people to... Tons of temps. Yeah, to, to, to do the work, like, you, you know, that... That's a huge cost. And, you know, that, and that's just like you know, just to bring out new areas of tech, like that's where like tons of innovation is, is coming. Right. So virtual reality training. How do, how do I how can I get people up to speed on how to go pick without necessarily having to use the, you know, the buddy system, which we've used for years in the, where, in the warehousing industry is you just go follow someone around for until, you know, you're on your own. Like, how do you how do you. How do you like decrease that that amount of investment for some of these companies and making the applications more intuitive is obviously one of those things, making the tech easier and more accessible. And then obviously, you know, some of this new stuff to, to facilitate training to lower that amount of time is all are all key things. Right. And ultimately, my software has to connect to all of this. That's that's that goes without saying. I'm, I'm saying it anyway, because maybe it doesn't go without saying. That tech only, it used to be, I'm using this warehouse management system and it accepts the following scanners, right? <laughs> I can use this, I can use their branded scanner or nothing, right? That's not the way we work today. Yeah, I got to be able to, you know, plug in devices and so that in, in any device and bring your own device, those are all kind of key concepts uh, and, and things that we, you know, we should expect from our, our application providers. Yep. So what's the last thing? What's the last thing we need to, to have to be successful in the fulfillment biz? I think, you know, if you kind of take all these things together, you know, Joe, and just say, like, we've got this platform of connectivity, we've got, you know, these uh, different applications, we've got devices, we've got, you know, data from our partners, data from our own facility, data from RFID tags, whatever it is, we need to make sure we're, you know, bringing all that data together. Uh, in a in a common place and 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 be able to to report and and create dashboards and insights into what's happening. So a platform of being able to measure uh, our success, you know, from all of these and bringing data in from all these sources, which is again with the technology today is very accessible. Uh, accessible is to really you know be able to put a dashboard on the floor to help folks know how they're proceeding against their goals, help your buyers understand where their goods are, help, you know, your customer service reps understand how they're, you know, whether or not their customers are getting orders on time when they call in or 
uh, what they might be calling about ahead of time. So all those types of things are really are really critical as well. And then and then obviously not just reporting what happened in the in the past, but you know what what kind of insight right. can I glean from uh, the trends? So one of the things that we were talking about earlier is you know, with COVID and things, you know, folks order profiles started to change where I was my, you know, 70% of my business was, you know, might've been, you know, wholesale to, to, to retail stores and 30% might've been e-commerce. And a lot of our customers saw that flip 30, 70 on the other side. And so as that overnight, <laughs> overnight, and so as that change starts to happen, are you, are you, you know, is, are you being able to to catch that as it as it changes, and then make the adjustments in your applications and and organizing your labor to to be able to to react to that quickly? Those are those are key parts. So the you know organizing all the information and and getting it in front of all the smart people that you that you hire, and not make them spend their time trying to to dig it out is is, is obviously super key. Yeah, you know, I've seen I've seen some reports that warehousing companies can create and one of them that i thought was always interesting is when they show like oh you have a, a hundred SKUs, and the top 17 are 90 percent of your business and this one you've never moved this you're you're paying to store it in my facility uh, we never this isn't moving and he's got obviously they know that from a sales perspective but recognizing that they're paying to store it and that adds up and realizing it's going obsolete before going out of style, whatever might happen. I think that's where warehousing companies can really become really, you know, we overuse the term partners, but this business is so important to have those partners who kind of can say, hey, Steve, are you sure you want these 17 right. SKUs that haven't moved in six months? And by the way, Amazon won't even let you do that anymore. They'll say, you are not going to store your, this isn't a storage facility. This is a, this is a DC that moves stuff quick. <laughs> yep. And that should just be like an expectation now to be able to, to glean those insights from the information dashboard it, and then help, help folks, you know, make, make decisions around it or even automate decisions around. Right. I love the automation piece, which is like, hey, just as soon as this, as soon as this uh, skew is empty, it sends the or says, give me, get me more. It's interesting. I think also companies, you know, are increasingly using multiple warehousing locations. So you might have used to say, I'm going to have one location in Indiana that's one day from 65% of the population and two days from 25% more. More and more, we're saying, I want multiple locations, and I think the the warehousing team whether it's internal or external, has to be able to tell me where does my inventory actually have to be? Because that extra inventory is cash tied up. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, just the talking about so sourcing is a huge part of fulfillment on the, on the, on the front end side is where, where, what is the optimal place to source and order from and continuously study that. We talked about the strategy up front of your order profiles and SKU profiles. It's also the strategy of, you know, the DC, the, the network as well. And so, you know, we see a lot of folks right now is, you know, with, with that expectation of one day delivery, it's like, do I need to have, you know, some smaller facilities in urban areas that I can get the micro fulfillment. Yeah. Like, you know, those types of things are, are coming same day, next day is everything, isn't it? <laughs> yep. So that, you know, that's, a, that's obviously uh, becoming a thing and really creating a lot of automation in those facilities for those onesie, two, three kind of things and, you know, local couriers and different things like that to, 
to try to meet the 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 demands of of consumers. So t- totally totally agree. So Steve, I'm going to summarize these the best I can. Then I want you to put a big bow on this topic for me. So we were going to talk about five areas that you really need to focus on for fulfillment success, but you added one, so I'll add it too. <laughs> so yeah. six. So. First, I need a platform that everybody can connect to. All my partners, that 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 is that seamless is everything. It can't be. Oh yeah, we'll get you connected in a, in 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 a big integration program. Nope, it has to be quick. Really understanding your customers, their order profile. You know, are they send are they shipping pallets to stores, or packages to homes, or both, or something in between. And, and I think we're learning more and more that that's going to be. A lot of options and we have to be able to support that you know we mentioned just briefly same day next day and micro fulfillment that's that's a whole nother topic right third thing we talked about is business applications whatever the whatever my business needs i need those applications to be able to you know whether it's a tms or wms erps whatever i should need i need to be able to kind of connect those two and and, and utilize those Next, we talked about all the cool tech that's going on in the warehousing space, which is a topic all by itself. And I love it. The use of RFID, making sure that these operators can be safe, they can be effective, efficient, make it a job worth having because we're not going to keep people in those jobs if it's overly difficult or just, you know, we hired you for a strong back and your back will go out in five years and we'll find someone else. That's not good. Then you talked about a lot about data insights, not only looking back, but looking forward and being able to say, hey, guys, here's how we need to run our business more effectively. I want my warehousing guys and my fulfillment guys to be able to be, again, not just a strong back. I want them to be able to say, we're bringing intelligence that you can better manage your business with. And then we also touched on partnerships. You need partnerships with all the tech guys, all the carriers, we have to we have to be able to work this business is i mean we talked about it and be this the idea of a seamless platform and we, we need to have good relationships with our partners to be successful anyway steve put a bow on this big topic <laughs> yeah no i think you know it's you know if you just kind of raise it up a, a level it's it it really is kind of the core of digital transformation it is the is un, is you know the we always talk about the pillars of it it's it's the business applications it's the data strategy, the integration strategy that you're, you know, that you're putting together. It's the business processes and making sure you're optimizing, you know, those those types of things. And obviously, um, you know, kind of putting all that together in a in a program to say, you know, we're going to attack these things and 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 create a, a platform to create all these efficiencies. So I think, you know, you broke it down. We broke it down today for fulfillment. Uh, but they really kind of go under all of those things, and and that's essentially what we do here at Blue Horseshoe with uh, with our customers, whether they are the the three PLs, the fulfillment folks, or the actual manufacturers and distributors, is just really try to to help them attack those pillars and really create the you know the flexibility and the efficiencies that they're they're looking for across across all of those things. Yep. Good stuff. Again, this is such a fast. When I started the Logistics of Logistics podcast, we talked all, always about transportation, LTL, truckload, all that. And this e-commerce just kind of blew up to the point where it is the, the rate of innovation and the rate of change. And it's all driven by all of us wanting to get stuff on our porch the next day. Right? <laughs> it's just made this sleepy industry of warehousing 
all of a sudden this high tech <laughs> mecca. Yeah, you have you know you have to accept and and really kind of ingrain yourself or in technology and then and like you said partnerships right those two things are are really critical. You can't live in your own four walls and really be successful anymore. Right. The nature of this business is you have people who are operators who really understand site locations and and hiring and managing. And and they're great at what they do, but without the technologists, they're nothing. And technologists without the the, exactly. the operators doesn't mean anything. And I think more and more we're finding that that they're integrating, they're becoming hybrids. And again, people like yourself probably are hybrids. You probably walked through enough warehouses at this point where you say, "I kind of get that biz." <laughs> yeah, no, I mean it's and it's super critical. Like we, you know, that the, these this t- these technology platforms to really enable those those operation managers that are so good at organizing their people and making sure that everyone is is safe and and can you know you know escalate their careers and keeping buildings clean and all that kind of stuff hard stuff right but i mean in in you know the only thing the thing that we can do with with everything we've talked about is is help you know those guys focus more on you know making things you know, continuous improvements and continuous efficiencies improvements rather than, you know, trying to figure out uh, what they're supposed to be doing that day. Yeah. Yeah. Every operator on earth says the same thing. Don't make me a tech guy. (laughs) I want my tech just to be easy. Exactly. Intuitive, easy, and right in front of me. And let me, let me use all my experience doing this type of work to, to, to then react to the information, the dashboards, and then, and help me manage my folks. You know, that's the idea. Well, before we before we close this out today, uh, tell us what's new over at Blue Horseshoe. First off, who do you serve? Who's your sweet spot? Yeah, so you know, Blue Horseshoe. We're you know, again, we just you know, we are a a technology company, systems integrator. We really work with we hyper focus with you know, I'll call it manufacturers, distributors, and logistics providers. You know, anyone and, and retailers, really anyone who's moving goods through a network. And, and helping those folks leverage technology to become more efficient in, in any aspect of the game, whether it's inside the four walls of warehousing, whether it's in an enterprise ERP system, whether it's in a TMS, uh, you know, all those types of data analytics, data science. So we're really kind of you know, helping, you know, bring all the, the capabilities to those types of companies end to end to improve supply chain. So like, what would be a problem that they would have that they'd say, you know what, this is the final straw. I'm calling that, I'm calling that, that blue horseshoe sales guy back. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, <laughs> you know, it, you could pick any of those, any of the things, but I think, you know, just, just in general, like connectivity to partners, like, I, Hey, I've got a, I've got a streamline, you know, our, our integration strategy, for instance, with, you know, our, consu- our, our, our customers or our vendors, Certainly, that would be one that that we see a lot lately. So, so something's going wrong in their facility, and they say, "I need something better." Because that's typically where we look now. I think the biggest improvements in almost anywhere in transportation and logistics is with tech. Yeah, and, and and really, you know, it's it's the again, it's like I was talking about earlier. It's it's not it's the applications, it's the data, it's the connectivity and the integrations, and and really the business processes, optimize best practices. You know, whether it's Customer service, warehouse, transportation, those types of things, and so those are the those are the types of, of right. capabilities we try to you know help companies and bring to bring to our customers uh, to help them 
continue down their roads of, of, of transformation. Right, right. It, it, it is a transformation. It's not a transactional thing. It's not a one-time fix. It's not a stopgap. It's really a strategic move. Exactly. I mean, companies these days are, you know, back back when I started, it was like these big, long, mono, you know, projects where the value was, hey, two years later, we'll have a system or whatever. <laughs> if you survive. Kind of, yeah. And that's just not acceptable anymore, really. So when you think about these trans transformations, it's, you know, how do we provide incremental value to the business quickly and efficiently? And so you, you got to really build a roadmap of these things and add value over time. Right. So you speaking at any conference or attending any conferences? I know we're kind of sort of back in COVID times, but um, yeah. are you guys attending conferences? Yeah, we, we hope to, you know, we, we, we're, you know, we're kind of watching what's what's happening, but we're we're set up to to be at Modex March. I think it's March 28th to the 31st. So we'll be there. We'll be speaking there. I'll be speaking there. That's in Atlanta. I believe that's in Atlanta. Yep, that's correct. So, so March 28th to the 31st. Yep, March 28th to the 31st. We'll be there, and so that's that's the the main conference we have. I think I'd love folks to come check us out uh, on our on our sites. Uh, it's www.bhsolutions.com. There's a lot of of information on different types of services and things that we can help provide. So certainly check us out there. What I'll do, Steve, is I'll put a link to your LinkedIn profile so people can check you out on LinkedIn. And then I'll put a link to your website and any other links you guys give me. And I'll put it, if you give me the link to that Modex, I'll put that on there too. Oh, perfect. That'd be great. Yeah. And I really appreciate you taking the time. I know uh, you're a busy man and this this is a, it's a big topic and it's happening so quickly. It, it, I feel like it's hard to keep up. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, like I said, they've been doing this, you know, over 20 years. And so the but the rate of innovation in the last five is, you know, I spend a lot of time just, you know, re- reading and different things every day. And, and that's kind of our, our job here, too, is, as Blue Horseshoe is just staying on top of all that stuff and helping our, our customers figure out how to leverage it. But it's exciting. It's a lot in, you know, in, in trying to help folks figure out how to be strategic and in, in leveraging all the the, all the stuff that's available now. So, yeah. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Nice, Always nice to meet a Michigan gangster. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like It was uh, great connecting with you too, Joe. I, obviously, we appreciate the opportunity and love the podcast. So thanks, uh, thanks for the conversation today. It's been great. Thank you. And thank all of you for listening to my podcast. Your support is very much appreciated. Until next time, Onward and Upward. You've been listening to the Logistics of Logistics podcast, where we engage in conversation with experts in the logistics field. For more details, visit thelogisticsoflogistics.com or follow Joe Lynch on LinkedIn.